Is X, aka Twitter, spreading misinformation about the Israel-Hamas war? This is the Tech Review Podcast, powered by Axel Springer. Join us and discuss the most important headlines from innovation, technology and social media. You're listening to episode 79, recorded on Tuesday, October 10th, 2023. My name is Tarek Madadimamluk and virtually by my side is the incredibly talented Vincent Irmler. God. Vincent, <laughs> how I, I don't know are what else today? to say now. <laughs> I am now uh, feeling suddenly a lot under pressure. I have to say that. <laughs> no, but I, I mean, uh, thank you so much for that great invite uh, or intro. Better. And I'm good. <laughs> I'm, I'm good. I'm, uh, I'm excited for this episode. I think we have great stuff. So, um, yeah. How, how yeah. about you? How are you? The, you know, I'm really <laughs> jealous of that sign behind your back, like all the time. Like that, the last that is time pretty we cool. met, I told you. Yeah, I know, I know. It, it looks pretty cool. And even though it is uh, now kind of always branding my video feed with YouTube logo, which is fine, but all the other social media brands, they can send me stuff too. So <laughs> and, and <laughs> I can I collect think, all of them. And I think actually this is, I think saying that sentence now, right, is like, uh, it's exactly what YouTube wanted. I mean, it's cool. Ex yeah. You have it in your background. It's literally why they send it to you. Absolutely. Yeah. And it works. <laughs> yeah, that's great. <laughs> yeah. And uh, regarding the questions, how, how I, I am, uh, I'm also very excited for this episode because we are trying a little bit new today. Uh, but what I did not expect last week was uh, that we are going to talk about war or like a new war. This came as a surprise basically for almost everyone. Oh, yeah, and so sure. this is, even though I'm enthusiastic and I'm looking forward to these topics, um, it is kind of a sad time. Uh, that we now have to report about another war. <laughs> definitely, definitely. And I think also our our position as media company is specifically important. I think that's also what we're going to talk about today. Um, and um, therefore, I think it's important and necessary that we talk about it. It's just, it's just how it is. That, that's why we're a media company. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Um, before we come, before we go to the main story today, let's start with some shorts. And now this. And I'm going to start with uh, something from Ars Technica uh, because okay. Ars Technica is reporting about Apple's new next-gen plans for the Vision Pro headset. Apple's Vision Pro is set to launch in early 2024, and it's already getting a makeover. Early complaints about the initial version include neck strain due to its one pound weight. Apple's solution? A lighter model. They are working on reducing both size and weight to enhance user comfort. But that's not all. Apple is exploring different avenues, including a lower end model to make the technology more accessible. And for the tech enthusiasts, a more powerful version might be in the pipeline, promising improved performance for gaming and other uses. One more thing. Apple's considering changes to the way prescription lenses are integrated. While the initial version offers interchangeable size lenses, future versions might have built-in prescription lenses. However, this could pose challenges for customizing and sharing. And I personally think this is, to be honest, a very terrible idea. Because this means that you will get a custom-made Vision Pro that basically no one else is able to wear. Uh, at least with the interchangeable lenses, I can take out my prescription lenses and someone else can use like the vanilla version 
uh, or just use their own lenses. So I'm not really sure what they are intending or if they are saying like uh, your personal vision pro is only custom made for you and so everyone should buy their own which is also like a very terrible statement. <laughs> yeah, de de definitely, yeah. yeah. Yeah, especially with with the price point of uh, $3,500. Right. Yeah, absolutely. But I think <laughs> I think I mean, this doesn't really come to a shock specifically the first part for me it's not really a shock that they are working on cheaper models. I mean, we now know how like the current style of Apple creating their devices has this specific vibe uh, and that also includes the naming. And I think part of it is uh, the pro. Uh, when there's something pro, it's definitely like the top end of the line. Right. And therefore, I mean, there is more. The Pro Max is definitely like the ultra, uh, the ultra line. And then there is literally the ultra for Max. So spatial computing might be somewhere in between. We'll see. But um, uh, I, I, to me, that doesn't come as a shock that the Vision Pro uh, is now getting, potentially, eventually getting a cheaper model. And also that they're working on the design and on the weight. I mean, I would think that this is one of the first things that a company like Apple would try to change, uh, specifically the battery pack on your belt. Yeah. Uh, just because they're so... I mean, they're in a positive way. They're maniacs about the design, right? So yeah, uh, this is something I would expect them to change like immediately. Yeah. All right. Vincent, what do you got? Yeah. Uh, so I have an article. Uh, I have two articles, actually, for the quick round. And this article I'm showing right now, uh, this article is about threats. Uh, later, we're going to talk about X, as you know. And I thought I'm going to bring something from the other end, uh, which is threats. And threats saw huge uplift when it launched. Now it's down by a lot, which is fine because threats is still in development. Plus, it's only for the Americas and for UK. And then for like uh, some other countries, it's rolling out a more even like step by step, but it's not for the European Union. Right, so it doesn't touch us right now in that second. But threats definitely sees that people are using it, but not a lot, and or not as much as they really hope for. And uh, this article I'm showing right now is about, or we're talking right now about, is about how threats is looking into things to do to increase engagement and time spent. So when you're posting something, you'll be able to post a GIF, or you'll be able to pose a poll. This is not possible right now they're also looking into editing of posts also something that you're not do it's not possible for you to do right now it hasn't been for a very long time on x so yeah they're looking into this and then i think the most interesting feature is something that we're all we're kind of missing at threats right now we're all are missing right now when we're using it we, if we can use it is the activity slot so x is an instagram and meta in the end is very much showing that they're not really keen on having news, specifically hard news on their platform. Um, and um, for Instagram, that is very clear and I think easier to do because it is a different type of medium, but specifically for X, the question, uh, for threats, the question is, should it mirror X where journalists and media companies publish a lot of their content and discuss also a lot and get a lot of content out of it? Or do they don't wanna do that? And the answer is they don't wanna do that. And so right now, it looks like threats didn't need, didn't see the necessity for an activity feed where you can see the most trending discussions as of in that second when you're looking. 
but it looks like they're adding this. So there has been, um, you will see in the article, there has been a hack of one of the development servers of Meta and um, there the activity feed is already live to test. And yeah, we'll see how it goes. I mean, they're really clear about news. So we'll see. Yeah, and especially based on what we are going to talk about in our main story today, oh, yeah. I, I still think that X is burning a lot of their users and a lot of their reputation. And so I think Threads has the potential to actually step in and grab all of those users who are fed up right. with what is happening on X right, right now. Yeah. All right. Uh, so my next short short story <laughs> is from TechCrunch, and TechCrunch is reporting a former TikTok employee is making waves with a new social network app called Canopy. We are very social media uh, oriented today. Uh, they are building uh, this network app called Canopy, designed specifically for folks like you to connect, share, and well, spill the tea. That is uh, the slogan that they chose for their network. Canopy's right. pilot program has just launched aiming to onboard 1,000 influencers, whether you're into beauty, fashion, lifestyle, pop culture, gaming, or any niche. Canopy welcomes you with open arms. But what sets Canopy apart? It's all about fostering a supportive and anonymous community where creators can discuss industry cha challenges, collaborate, and learn without fear of judgment. You're free to be you without worrying about damaging your career. Canopy also has exciting plans for monetization, offering sub subscription services with webinars, in-person events, and more. Plus, they are introducing Aura points for rewarding engagement. So if you're ready to connect, uh, learn, and grow the in the creator world, sign up for Canopy's pilot program. And uh, guess who already subscribed? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I tried to get in. It's it's like a form. You can add your credentials and uh, your previous social media right. um, prime account, like TikTok or YouTube or something. Right. And you, you are added to the waiting list. And I'm now on the waiting list. Uh, mm -hmm. I can already download the app uh, and test it in test flight. So I'm very curious to see how it looks. Right. Uh, but I think I can only start uploading stuff uh, when I... Um, approved but i'm really really curious especially uh because if it's a uh, or some former tiktok employees um they probably know a lot about the strengths and weaknesses of their platform and uh, know exactly in which niche to uh to dive into yeah but 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 like, what content is, is going to be on there like how is the app going to look in the end I, I don't know yet how it is actually going to look, but they are uh, comparing themselves to like video uh, content platforms, so mm. TikTok, uh, um, YouTube. But I do not know if they are imitating the specific the, the specific uh, shorts format, the the swipe uh, interaction, uh, the algorithm, um, the the portrait mode. I, I don't know if if this is exactly what they are going into. I I would assume because this is very very trending right now with uh with uh, instagram reels with tiktok and youtube shorts and all of them um they are really really hyped right now and so it would you, you could say it would be dumb to not step onto this train but maybe they actually have some very innovative thoughts and they uh, see something missing on these platforms and they are trying to be very innovative i, I don't know so maybe right. next time next time uh, i have some more insights about what this app is actually looking like um but i'm really curious to see oh yeah me too very exciting all right so your next short 
Uh, my next article is about Google. It's uh, I really wanted to try some uh, to bring something not social media focused. We're doing this a lot today, yeah. and so. But it is about uh, something else that's really close to my heart. It's about electric vehicles, and also very soon close to your heart. I hope. <laughs> and yes, uh, <laughs> if you want to know more about it, uh, we have a different podcast where we talk <laughs> basically random stuff. And we've been talking about something else. So if you want to know what Tag is going to purchase very soon, I hope, uh, you know, check it out. Mm. All right. No. So about this article, it's really cool. It's about Google. And, and you know, when you Google something, the first thing that comes up is Google summarization of the topic. So when you Google something, I don't know a book or a place you know there's a google summary that basically tells you what it is about and that obviously is sometimes from google's data bank but often it comes from one of the articles that are just the top hitting result for that um evs so electric vehicles uh were included or are included in that just like cars are included in it so if you look up art i don't know uh, a volkswagen car uh you will see the horsepowers you will see um, the build here, these kind of things. But up until now, there were, were only very limited information about like uh, what the range of an electric vehicle is, uh, what the charging speed is, and um, a lot of other stuff. So right now, the range, for example, battery size, these kind of things, sometimes were included, sometimes not, and Google now is stepping up and including this in the Google search. So when you look up for an electric vehicle, um, soon, step by step, they're rolling it out to all users. Um, you'll be able to see um, a lot more about the electric vehicle. Actually, something very interesting I very much like. They're also adding or upgrading their fuel calculator. And they're adding a comparison mode to battery range. So this will show the user, compared to other devices, to other cars, how much you're going to pay for how much range. And I think that's a really cool thing to, to look at. Um, they will also add a uh, information about incentives. So based on your location, they will tell you in your state, in your country, um, we will the, the government is giving that amount of money if you purchase such such a car or if you lease such a car. And I think that's also something we really desperately need, just because it's very difficult sometimes to find the right funding. And uh, because there is a lot out there, go check it out. It's it's great. But um, yeah, you go, you got to be up to your game, and you know you, you really really got to want it to understand. Yeah. So or to figure it out. And um, yeah, Google's rolling this out right now. A new mode to uh, look for electric vehicles and to get to learn about it and get more. And I'm looking forward to test this. I mean, as soon as I'm available, I have it. I'm sure it will come up on my Google search. It's really cool. Yeah, absolutely. Especially because now I'm getting into this game as well. There are so many factors that you are manually searching and comparing and making lists and start calculating and misunderstanding because it's not that easy. And so I think yeah. it's, it's a really great thing to optimize this. Also, I mean, I think, uh, you know, uh, like five years ago, six years ago, electric vehicles definitely were down in range. But I think a lot of people still don't know like how how far you're actually getting with a uh, full charge battery. And therefore, I think you just got to be more present, got to put this more into people's heads uh, to make it more of a topic and to make it also more realistic as like uh, a purchase of any kind. So, or like as an option, if you're looking for a new vehicle. And therefore, I think it's really good that they're including this calculator and this comparison, because as far as I understand, this is going to be there at all times. So even if you look up a different thing, it will give you also battery electric vehicle range. 
and I think that's really cool. Yeah, 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 absolutely. All True. right. Yeah. And now this. Uh, Tarek, before we get to our major article, yeah. Uh, without asking you, I thought I'm going to add a trivia, <laughs> just to surprise you. All yeah, right. Just, I, I thought it's, it, it would be funny. It would be funny. I thought. Do it. I'm going to ask you a question. All right. Because this is something. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, because this is something I asked myself today. What year was Twitter founded? Okay, this looks much more in sync than it was supposed to be. <laughs> <laughs> I have my soundboard always ready. Always. Yeah, ready. I love it. I love it. It's great. Okay, okay. That, that's... Oh, man. I mean, I'm old enough to that, that I, I should know that. I mean, Twitter, yeah. it's pretty old. Um... Let let's just. How about this? How about you think about it, and then, for all of the listeners, we we'll resolve it after the main piece. That that's a good idea. That's a good Stay idea. Stay tuned. All right. We'll resolve it after. <laughs> it's not what you think. I can tell you so much. It's not oh. what you think. Yeah, yeah. You already know what I think. <laughs> okay. And now this. All right, the main piece. We're talking the, about X. We're talking about the war. We already said that. And uh, the article comes from me today. Um, and it is a article about Twitter, or formerly known Twitter, now X, owned by Elon Musk. And as you know, Elon Musk is doing a lot of budget cuts to get down the um, amount of money they're paying on a lot of standing services. So a lot of the fixed costs they're trying to kill in order to make Twitter more... Uh, profitable in the end and one of those huge things they had and I remember that we spoke about this like a year ago is when they purchased Twitter one of the big realizations was they have a huge contract with Google Cloud to use cloud services from Google it was around a billion dollars back then and um, it wasn't really clear what the penalty is if they just don't use the budget they they bought there they purchased there in a contract and so Elon Musk decreased and decreased and decreased and that means of course for all for everyone who knows what a cloud service actually does and also for everyone who doesn't know i'll explain it now um <laughs> it means that they're moving services off google cloud and obviously a lot of those services are necessary to run the x as we know it and like it and use it and therefore they, they have to put it somewhere else and the answer for twitter back then now x was and is to move it on x own servers so far, so good. Okay. So one of the services they just moved over, slash they killed it because it was too work-intensive heavy, and it was also a questionable service looking at the new mission statement of X, was the detection system, or a lot of the detection systems, for uh, coordinated, coordinated misinformation. So basically, when and very basic things, like when a lot of accounts that are not very much active like a human would be, or it doesn't behave like a human, start to post all of the same content around the same time. This is by X and also other social media platforms uh, viewed as a uh, type of coordinated misinformation because it very much looks like, all right, there is a content piece, there are a few content pieces that a lot of accounts that don't very much look like a human try to get out there sometimes they look like a human still this would fall under this category and x this is not the first thing they did uh there was there were also reports about x uh removing um more and more or 
uh, in the end, uh, firing a lot of the team that is responsible for these kind of actions. And I mean, I kind of get it. I mean, I personally, and stay tuned, Tyg. Um, <laughs> yes. Um, all of these, it, it kind of aligns with their mission statement of making the app less regulated again, right? The platform, not only the app, less regulated again. And so um, there was a report that they let the last uh, actually specialist for this topic go a few months ago. And um, now, unfortunately, they just killed the service. And then the Israel war came on. And misinformation now is spreading all over X or all over X um, without really, you know, X being able to control it to the extent they would have a few years ago or say Facebook or Instagram would now be able to lock this down and, you know, lock it up to make sure it's not spread even further. And um, that results in a huge shitstorm right now. And my question for you, Tarek, or my question basically is, do you think it aligns with the mission statement of X, <laughs> this action? Yeah, I mean, um, of course it somehow does. Um, Elon Musk is known for promoting uh, this more liberal approach and uh, liberal approach for um, freedom of speech. Uh, so actually wanting people to be unfiltered and uncensored as long as they are not um, like illegal, uh, like spreading um, like, like literal hate and, and violence. Um, but Twitter had this very big problem in the past before Elon Musk uh, bought Twitter. Um, and it escalated when Donald Trump was uh, was elected for president. And uh, during his candidacy, um, he spread a lot of, uh, let's say, questionable information that was uh, that was just false. Um, and and this culminated in in this process of actually excluding him. And I think this event uh, caused Elon Musk to intervene by this company, creating this new mission statement, because independent from political um, like like uh, preferences of Elon Musk, uh, he did not like that individuals are not free anymore to say whatever they want on, on a platform like that. Uh, and so from this point of view, I think he kind of fulfilled his promise of making Twitter uh more free or more liberal or uh, enabling freedom of speech but this core problem of misinformation is kind of back so from this perspective uh, twitter like evolved backwards and is now there where it already was in in 2016 and they have to think about how to uh, how to fight this problem in you if from the point of view of twitter this is actually a problem i'm not sure if elon musk is proud of what twitter became or if he sees this as a new problem but another aspect um that uh, this article or some of these articles about around this topic is, is describing is that elon musk himself is uh, uh like failing big in promoting safe information on this platform for example uh short a short time ago he promoted two um two twitter feeds for good information about the war and shortly after uh, someone pointed out uh, one of these 
uh, channels that you you point out as safe information or good information was actually quite anti-Semitic, <laughs> and so he had, quickly had to remove um, this this. Uh, this recommendation from his own feed, um, but this was exactly the the point. There are a lot of players on Twitter um, who are not considered good journalists or like verified sources um, for safe information. And uh, while in the past they they actually had a lot of safeguards for that, now this is not the case anymore. And for everyone who's who's wondering what kind of misinformation are we talking about, um, it it does not necessarily mean that they are like bland lies, like there are aliens landing on this planet or something. But oftentimes um, people are using old footage, for example. There's like real videos from rockets firing in the, in the war or something. It's it's not tampered with. It's it's real footage, but it's taken out of context. It's from a different war. There were like uh, videos from rocket launched uh, in the Syria war, but they were labeled with Israel is firing rockets into the Gaza strips. And so this this label sets um, this old video into a wrong context, and people take this as false information. Um, or other uh, verified accounts with a blue check mark uh, who bought the blue check mark, they claim to be someone who they not who who they are not. And there was one case uh, described in this article that uh, one supposed uh, supposedly a BBC reporter was reporting and 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 uh, doing things, and actually high-ranking uh, people from the I think British government they were quoting them as yeah the BBC is reporting this and that. Uh, and later um, they found out, yeah, this person does not is, is not affiliated with BBC at all, yeah, and so this is just dangerous. It's it's very interesting that you mentioned this blue check mark because actually, and that I think is very, I think is also a kind of a proof, honestly, about for 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 uh, the case that it is actually coordinated misinformation, just not a lot of people just sharing stuff. Um, is that a lot of those fake accounts actually are verified via Twitter Blue or X Blue? So, um, or shit, X verified? What's the? Yeah, you 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 know <laughs> yeah. what I mean. But they are right. verified for these kind of things, and I think that's very interesting because um, that shows that someone uh, is putting money into this. And when you have a lot of accounts posting the same misinformation, all of them or most of them having a paying account behind it to me that definitely shows that there is someone with a larger interest back there because why would the those that otherwise invest in these kind of things so very interesting for me i think mm. and therefore um also very dangerous i uh, earlier said that uh, i think it kind of makes sense in like looking at where twitter is going But I think it is either under or over shooting of the mission statement as we know it now from X because um, I think it is because I think back when Elon Musk bought X or Twitter back then, um, it um, the, the mission was very clear to make it unregulated or less regulated so that people are actually it is kind of a open open forum where everybody can talk and say whatever they want without having to worry about um, maybe political or religious um, or any kind of human kind of um, yeah censorship 
And um, I think now, however, we're at a point where this is different. I think this is not, you are not being censored, so you can say whatever you want. When, when um, coordinated misinformation is happening, I think that this is also not good for free speech because I think it is censorship in a different way. So my argument would be it is not aligned with the mission statement. And I think that also Elon Musk right now must be quite frustrated. <laughs> yeah, because I think this is not how he, I, I would interpret the what the thing what he wanted as something different. And therefore, I think he really I think they're frustrated at Twitter right now because this is not what they intend to do with a platform. Yeah, this is it's it's very hard to say because I right. I believe Elon Musk has a very different perception of the world at large uh, than than we have, and so it would be very interesting to actually just ask him what his perception is, how he feels oh, yeah. about um, the course and the state of Twitter right yeah. now. But but you, we we have to say um, it's not that Elon Musk is not is is doing nothing. He is actually already working on this, uh, but he prioritized a different approach. Um, he does not want to have Twitter as a regulatory body for freedom of speech, but he's uh, pushing this uh, user-driven content tagging, uh, what we know as Birdwatch, where users are actually adding like commentary to to other uh, tweets, um, so that like the community is self-regulating and self-marking stuff. But it, it's it does not really work in terms of fighting misinformation because it's just like an opinion on an opinion, right? Yeah, yeah. it's interesting that you also mentioned that and it's really funny because this is the next thing I wanted to say because <laughs> there was a crowd, but this is also something that I don't really understand about the new, like the existing X app and platform because they had this crowdsourced system where you were able to flag a post as potential misinformation and then someone would review it. And I think that's kind of the easiest way, right, to go around this because you just need a team of people, like actual people, not an AI or maybe support supported by AI, of course, but like you need someone to actually just review what people have sent in. And I mean, a lot of times, potentially, it's also just going to be people who just, you know, <laughs> hate each yeah. other's posts so they're going to flag it as misinformation <laughs> so you're going to review right. that and say no that's, that's, that's it's a personal feud or whatever it is i don't know but then again you will also find a lot of things that are flagged that are potentially just wrong or you or you know i mean there's always like this gray common ground where you could flag something as potentially political not correct or potentially not you know like for example tiktok has this flag where as soon as the ai understands that there is something like uh, extreme sports or maybe anything uh, it flags it as potentially something that could hurt you if you try to replicate it and i think that's a very easy way to go around this not because i think it uh, does a lot in the like in the perception of the specific piece at first, but I think it raises the awareness of the user for, okay, this is something that might be manipulated because it is flagged as something that might be beneficial if, I don't know, turn in a specific uh, direction. And so this system actually was taken down. Uh, mm. And I don't really understand why. I think because of, in the end, I would say because of cuts in the team that is reviewing these kind of things. But to me, like, it looks for me some, as something that's super easy to do. So, Elon, if you listen to this, please bring it back. Um, because what you, Tyke, what you just said, I think, I mean, it kind of works. 
but we see so much stuff that's not supposed to be on Twi on X, and it, also something that a lot of X premium users say, and and also some of the X employees are saying. Um, we see some of the content that is just not right, and it's also being flagged as misinformation by the user. So this crowd system right now doesn't seem to work. So we need a different one uh, yeah. to make it, to make it work. Yeah. And one point is um, in the system where you have the freedom to say anything you want and you have the freedom to follow anyone uh, you want, uh, one might argue that you should do your own research and find the people that you trust and you follow them and you only believe what they are saying. Um, but that is problematic if you have an algorithm that is actually pushing stuff into your timeline based on this algorithm. And so uh, I, I can't be safe on, on uh, X. And to be honest, I personally, I stopped using X because I was totally annoyed by what uh, the algorithm was shoving into my feed. I, I, I did not like the stuff that I was reading there. And I have no idea why the, the algorithm always uh, thought um, I, I might like that. Uh, so I'm, I'm not an active X user. Um, but, but this is basically the the argument um, why uh, it, it's supposedly okay that there are all also bad players in there because it's your responsibility to understand what you're believing or whatnot. Yeah, true. Um, but there's there's one one quote that I really like from uh, that I read on I think CNBC uh, where Ian Bremmer, uh, who's the president and founder of a consulting firm Eurasia Group and Uh, it's G Zero Media Arm, and he posted uh, on Monday on X uh, that the level of disinformation on Israel Hamas war being algorithmically promoted on Twitter is unlike anything I've ever been exposed to in my career as a political scientist. Um, and this is, even though it, I believe it's very hard to quantify like the the level of misinformation. Yeah. Um, but and also if the level he, of postings, right? I mean, the level of yeah, content because everybody right. sees it differently. Exactly, but especially uh, with campaigns like that that we are observing right now in, in Israel, but also the Ukraine war, uh, which was very, very heavily uh, politicized in the in the social media because this this whole argument of uh, what what the what the root cause of this invasion was um, and the eye of the of the public, this was all like a war on social media where like fleets of fake accounts or that's supposedly fake accounts uh, yeah. was was spreading stories that did not exist about uh, denazification of Ukraine and uh, what is actually happening and the invasion of a liberation of um, the people of, of Ukraine, right? And so I think this is something that is very, very dangerous in today's time where it was it was never before as easy as today to spread information this quickly. And so I, I strongly believe that the owner of a platform like Twitter has the responsibility to deal with that. And I value, I absolutely value freedom of speech. Um, but you, you, you should never be like anonymous in, in this mission. And uh, so like this flood of fake information uh, in there I think that Elon Musk is going into a wrong direction with this. And I, I'm not sure if a platform like X can survive like that. Because if more people like me are simply stop using it, yeah, then it, it's, it's going to disappear. Yeah, yeah.
I think that's a I think that's a very good closing statement. <laughs> I have to, yeah. Now, I, I mean, going out of this, I just I I, per, I just have to say personally, I try to use X more, and I'm a bit disappointed currently because I am very much um, I very much enjoy uh, wild algorithms that give me a lot of different stuff. I very much enjoy that. I I this doom scrolling um, that sometimes happens, you know, specifically on reels for me, like I, I like two things of it and it's like full, my feet is full with it for hours and there's no way of getting out of it because there's nothing to like that that would push the algorithm into a different direction. And sometimes I end up in the weirdest holes because I just like two times something that kind of was kind of cool and the third time I was like, Jesus, what what the hell is that? It's, it's, why is it on my timeline? And then, and I, I heard about X being like, I, I wasn't using it actively. And then someone told me, look, man, you got to try this. This is so wild and colorful. Like there's so much different stuff. And it's funny because I experienced the ex exact opposite. I have no war on my feet. I have nothing. I mean, I don't want specifically want war. But, you know, I, I follow a bunch of people who do tech stuff. And like I have a tech X feed all around. There's no way of getting out of it. It doesn't matter what I like or what I dislike. I try to actively just like posts that are not techy. No way. So for me, X currently doesn't work. I try to use it more, um, but it is, for me, is not there yet. I, I really hope it, it's getting wilder, but I'm doing that for weeks now and there's nothing happening. So <laughs> who knows? We'll see. All right. Twi so yeah. Tarek, have you thought about it? What is uh, what is the founding year of X? My my brain is very very much like multi-threaded. So while we were discussing X and misinformation <laughs> and the war in Israel, I was yeah. like calculating in my head uh, what, when Twitter was actually uh, invented. And let me share a story. Uh, why I think that we are talking about the year two thousand and one. I'm just throwing it out there, like All 2001. Right. This is this is my guess, um, because somewhere in this time I started writing a blog. I started blogging and sure. writing the like classic, articles. The classic, right? Th this was what we were doing at that time. Yeah. <laughs> I was creating like my own website, what, and uh, then uh, what uh, provider did you use? It was like a friend of mine and he had like his own web server and he created an wow. account for me and so it was self-hosted okay. and I, I'm a software engineer and so I did not want to use like foreign platforms. I, I created my own blog on my own domain. This was a great, great uh, adventure back then in, 20, uh, in 2001. And I remember, I remember that back in the day when I started blogging, there was this this notion of are you blogging or are you microblogging? And there was this this term hmm. of microblogging okay. because there was like a, a website where you can write uh, short messages uh, with a limit of 160 characters. And so somewhere in this area, there was uh, this trend of microblogging. And even though today nobody is using the word microblogging, this, this was the thing back then, writing like a long blog article or just shooting out like small chunks of information. But and so I that, think that's why the, this just... is the accurate term, microblogging. Microblogging, really? If you, if you describe X, former yeah. Twitter, uh, as a platform, I think it's a microblogging platform. Okay, okay, yeah. yeah. I, I did I not use this today. word. I did not use this word for twenty-two years, and so. <laughs> <laughs> well, but I guess that uh, Twitter is actually quite old. It is. It is very old. Twenty twenty oh one is wrong, though. I okay, can, I can say that. But you have another guess. You have two guesses. 
You can guess oh, really? another, a second time. Yes. Okay, 2005. Okay, that is much closer. Okay. <laughs> But also, this is wrong. Yeah, unfortunately. But I'm asking you this question because I fell into that same hole. I googled what year X was founded. And Google told me, summarization tool, you know, we just spoke <laughs> about it, 2023. And yes, because the entity known as X was founded in 2023. But <laughs> the, of course, the original Twitter was founded by Jack Dorsey in 26. Six. Yes. Oh, but okay, but my second guess was not that far away. No, 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 no. And actually, I mean, I have it up. up. <laughs> no, actually, I have it up, and it's the 21st of March, right? So I would say that you know you were thinking probably of Christmas 2005, and uh, therefore you know you're you're really close, Tyler. You're really close. Uh, the your gut feeling was right. But yeah, okay. But 2001 was uh, way too early. That was the time of my amazing blog, self-hosted. <laughs> I mean, I think 20, uh, 2001 also is not a, such bad of a guess. But um, why why I ruled it out when I Googled it before, I also had the feeling it was 20. I was thinking of 2008, actually, 2007, 2008. And then I realized I was thinking of Facebook. But uh, why 2001 wasn't a thing, um, because I would have ruled out because of that, is because of the operating system that was active back then. Most of the people would have used either Mac OS, not 10, but I don't know, what is it? Liquid? Something like that. But Aqua, I think, was the was the wording. And then and, uh, Microsoft 2000ME. Right, yeah. the Lemuel edition. Yeah, I know. I and know. that was not made for the information highway. So, um, an internet came with XP, which launched in 2003. Hmm. So, it, it it must have happened after XP. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Yeah. Well, All there right. you have it. <laughs> okay. Now everyone learned uh, some history lesson. <laughs> we are very educational here in this podcast. Ah, yes, we are. <laughs> in, in German, we would say we have a, what is it? Bildungsauftrag. <laughs> ah, we have a Bildungsauftrag, yes. <laughs> All right. Our Sorry, time that was fun. Up. Thank you. <laughs> All right. So thanks for tuning in to the Tech Review Podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's episode and found it both entertaining and informative. If you like what you heard, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and leave us a review on your favorite podcast platform. Your feedback means the world to us. And remember, the conversation doesn't end here. Write us a comment on YouTube. We'd love to hear your thoughts, suggestions, and ideas for future episodes. Until next time, keep exploring, stay curious, and keep being awesome. We'll catch you in the next episode. Bye.